today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. The outward appearance can say one thing, but the truth resides in your heart. So you can stand outside being a self-proclaimed religious righteous man or woman, and if the heart is wrong, God knows the truth within your heart. You can proclaim to be a Christian all day long on the outside. Even your actions can resemble it. But ultimately, the truth resides within the heart of man. Fact. It's truth. And God is the one who judges that. Whether we care to admit it or not, each and every one of us has been quick to make judgment on someone or something. However, no matter how well we might perceive appearance, the heart is different altogether. In today's message, Pastor Eric reminds us that God is the only one who can know the state of our heart and the hearts of others. Well, let's join Pastor Eric in the book of John chapter 8 for part 2 of his message, The Light of the World. If you are going to follow God, Jesus Christ, then you must not be in darkness, not walking in darkness. And it truly bums me out because, again, there's a lot of people who proclaim Jesus as their Lord and Savior but they're standing and accepting sin. And Paul says in Romans, even if you're not doing these things, if you are approve of them, you are guilty of them. Read it in your Bibles, Romans chapter 1. That is what the Word tells us, okay? This means, you guys, the acceptance of sin is darkness, which means sin is not of God, which means that sin is not of Jesus Christ. And so I don't want to decide or believe that it's okay, Jesus would be okay with it. That is a lie straight from the gates of hell. <laughs> because Jesus is not okay with it. He is not okay with it because he stands clearly in his word. Those who follow me shall not walk in darkness. Again, if you walk, if you say you have fellowship with him, you walk with him, you walk with God and Jesus, but you still walk in darkness, you lie. You lie. And Revelation 21, you guys, this is hardcore. I was like, man, I don't want to read it. <laughs> I was looking at it last night over and over, and I'm like, God, but Lord, I believe that you took me to it. Revelation 21 says this in verse 8. It should be on the screen. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That's a sobering, a sober, like bringing your senses right to the ground, you know, just like, holy smokes. If I'm walking in darkness, if I'm accepting darkness, I'm a liar as John wrote in 1 John. <laughs> Therefore, if my heart doesn't change, and if I don't start following Christ as he says, follow me and you shall have the light of life, then my spot is reserved in the lake of fire. But here's the good news. You have opportunity by the grace of God to turn away from that by his strength. He can pull you away from that. He can set you free from that. And he can take that and he can forgive you of those things this morning, especially the sin of lying. So what's the point? Truly understand who you proclaim. Truly understand who you represent. 
If you proclaim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then understand what he stands for. Instead of just saying, I'm a believer in Jesus, I follow Jesus, I go to church. Well, then do you know what Jesus Christ stands for? If not, the information is right here in the Bible. It will tell you what he stands for. Back to John chapter 8. The Pharisees did not believe that Jesus was the light of the world. Continuing on in verses 13 through 20. The Pharisees therefore said to him, You bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. And Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you do not know where I come from and where I'm going. Verse 15. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. And yet, if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. Verse 19, then they said to him, where is your father? And Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. These words Jesus spoke in the treasury, and he taught in the temple, and no one laid hands on him, for his hour had not yet come. So we see that the Pharisees and the scribes and those who were around did not believe that Jesus is the light of the world. They said, Your witness is not true. They didn't believe that he was God. They didn't believe that he was the light of the world. But then Jesus responds and says that he knows that his witness is true. And he points out to the Pharisees, to those who said your witness is is false, you bear witness of yourself. He says to them, you judge. And guess how man can judge? The only way that man, you and I can judge, the same as them, is by the flesh. You cannot judge the heart of man. That is God's area, okay? And so he is saying, I don't judge like you judge. I don't judge according to the flesh. I judge according to what is in the heart of man. And so he reveals that to these people. He reveals to them that they are judging based on their the physical appearance. And don't you know that God does judge? He does judge. And the Bible tells us that we will be judged. Even Christians will be judged for the actions of the heart. We will stand before the Bema seat of Christ. How do we know that his judgment is true? Because God is truth, right? God is truth. The outward appearance can say one thing, but the truth resides in your heart. So you can stand outside being a self-proclaimed religious righteous man or woman, and if the heart is wrong, God knows the truth within your heart. You can proclaim to be a Christian all day long on the outside. Even your actions can resemble it. But ultimately, the truth resides within the heart of man. Fact. It's truth. And God is the one who judges that. The heart is what God judges. And so Jesus then continues to say that his witness is true. His witness is true because his father testifies of them. Again, Jesus is bringing the law back in to help to under, help the people understand. And he fulfills what it says in Deuteronomy, have two or three more witnesses to establish a statement, right? To bring witness against each other. And so Jesus is saying, guys, my witness is myself and my father. My father brings witness of me. Amazing. He's trying to reach these guys. He's trying to communicate to them that he is God and that he is the light of the world. 
And so then I just want to point out to you, well, how does God the Father bring testimony to Jesus Christ? Well, Isaiah 9-2, you guys. God pointed to Jesus as the light through the prophet Isaiah. He says, Isaiah writes, he says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. This is prophecy pointing to Jesus Christ. Isaiah 9-2, okay? Then a little bit further in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Guys, God was bringing his uh, testimony, uh, he was, he's bringing witness to Jesus all the way back hundreds of years before Jesus even proclaimed it in the temple that Jesus Christ was the light of the world. Truly amazing. The Father's witness. Guys, Jesus being the light of the world Jesus being God was spoken hundreds of years before Jesus proclaimed this. So what does that mean? What does this all mean? Again, Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is God. And I can't, it might sound so elementary to you, so Sunday school, but yet this is such a a point that one must come to the conclusion that is Jesus God, yes or no? Well, let's see the results as we conclude our chapter, let's see the results of not believing in Jesus as the light of the world. Verse 21 through 30 says this, Then Jesus said to them again, I'm going away, and you will seek me, and, and will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. So the Jews said, Will he kill himself because he says, Where I go, you cannot come? Verse 23, And he said to them, You are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Then they said to him, Who are you? And Jesus said to them, Just what I have been saying to you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge concerning you. But he who sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. Verse 27, Then uh, they did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. Verse 29, And he who sent me is with me, The Father has not left me alone, for I always do the things that please Him. As He spoke these words, many believed in Him. So we see here that Jesus predicts His death. He tells them that He is going to go away. And where He is going, they cannot come. They cannot come where He is going. He tells them that they will die in their sins. Jesus says this because of their unbelief. They do not believe that he is the light. He says this to them because they have just that hard heart and will not hear the truth. And so in the result of their unbelief that they would not be able to go where he is going. Well, where was he going, church? To heaven. He was going back to heaven. 
the Jews didn't understand what Jesus was saying. And so they came up with this, this thought and they said amongst themselves, will he kill himself because he says, where I go, you cannot come. Now the whole thought process behind this was that they thought he was going to commit suicide. And the Jews value life, okay? They value life. And so if somebody would to kill themselves, that they would believe that they would receive judgment, okay? And so they weren't even thinking that he was going to heaven. And so that's why they were thinking, well, if he kills himself, then yes, we cannot follow where he goes because we value our life. We're not going to follow him. Of course not, right? So they thought that he was going to kill himself based on the words, where I go, you cannot Come, But yet Jesus was speaking not about killing himself, but speaking about going to heaven. And, and because of their unbelief that he was God, that they wouldn't be able to be there as well. And so then Jesus says to them, he says, you can't come because you are from beneath. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Of the world. Something that we often hear, right, from different pastors, different messages. Don't be of the world. Don't partake of the world. Well, wait a minute. I live in the world. So how does that work, right? Uh, well, good question. It works because of this. When speaking of the world, when Jesus says you are of the world, he is speaking about the Jews following the passions of the flesh. Following the passions of the flesh. Uh, following their, uh, their flesh that was enticed by the world that they lived in, okay? And we see this in uh, the writing in 1 John 2.16. It says this, should be on the screen, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. So when you hear, uh, you are, don't live in the world, it means don't live with the desires of the flesh. Don't live, don't live for the pride of yourself. You need to be living for God and for what He stands for. So I just wanted to clarify that because Jesus is saying that he is not of the world uh, because he didn't follow the desires of his flesh. He desired to follow uh, the desires of his father. Uh, it says in John chapter 6 to confirm that, he says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So Jesus was not about fulfilling the fleshly desires and the passions and the lust of the eye and the pride of himself, but he was here to do the... Father's will. Um, so not, how then can you and I be not of this world? Well, all we have to do is buy one of these, right? That's it. Not of the world shirts. If you get one of those, you're not of this world. No, you're just buying an article of clothing that says not of this world. To be not of this world, again, it means that you stop following after the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and you follow Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be not of this world. Because trust me, when you truly do this and when you're living this out, guess what? People are going to look at you like you're not of this world, <laughs> you know? They're going to think like, this person is crazy. And they're going to think that you're truly an alien. Uh, you know, it's pretty, I don't know, sometimes it's funny to me. But uh, I'm just weird like that. But Jesus is proclaiming in, in verse 24, which I believe is the power statement of the whole text, you guys. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Powerful verse there in verse 24 of chapter 8. If you do not believe that he is God, you will die in your sins. And guys, this is amazing. There is only one sin that is going to keep you out of heaven. 
There is one sin that will keep you out of heaven. Do you know what that sin is? Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, the unbelief. That is the one sin that will keep you out of heaven. The sin of unbelieving and blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in Mark 3, Assuredly I say to you, all sins will be forgiven, the sons of men. And whatever blasphemies they utter, but, who, but he who blasphemies against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subjected to eternal condemnation. Guys, the Holy Spirit's job is to bring glory to the name of Jesus Christ. And if you deny the Spirit, then you are denying Jesus. If you deny the Spirit of God, who is pointing to Jesus Christ, then you are denying Jesus. And therefore, you will die in your sins. Uh, because if you choose to believe, then, if you choose to be obedient to the Holy Spirit and to place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then all the sins that you have committed have been forgiven. All those ones that we've been uh, ensnared with, trapped with, all those things have been washed away by the blood of Christ because now you have put your faith and trust into the Savior of the world, the light of the world, Jesus Christ, okay? So those sins that you have committed after you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus will not keep you out of heaven because they are gone. As the Bible says, he cast them as far as the east is from the west, okay? And so praise Jesus for that. There is only one sin that will keep you out of heaven, and that is the sin of unbelief, okay? The sin of unbelief. Well, pastor, this is great news though, right? Because I believe in Jesus, so I'm good to go. I can continue to sin then, is what you're saying. No. Remember 1 John 1, 6? If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Paul wrote this in Romans 6. He says, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God uh, can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Powerful statement by Paul there. Because, guys, when you place your faith in Jesus, you are proclaiming this, okay? You're proclaiming that you believe that Jesus is Lord, meaning that you believe that Jesus is God, okay? Then you are proclaiming that you believe that Jesus paid the price for all your sins, right? Then you believe that God has raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And since you believe in those three things, then it comes to this one, right? If you believe in those three things, then since you believe those, then those areas of your life that are sinful, because you believe that Jesus is God, you believe that he paid the price for your sin, and you believe that God raised him from the dead, believing those things is going to drive you to do what? Turn away from those sins. It's going to drive your heart to move away from them because you truly believe those first three things. If you don't believe those first three things, then you're not going to turn away from your sin. You're not going to do it until you place your faith in God, in Jesus Christ. So do you really believe? Do you really believe? If you choose not to believe, then your sins that are able to be forgiven will not be forgiven because you have committed the unforgivable sin. The sins that you have committed that are willing to be forgiven will not be forgiven because of the sin of unbelief. But your sins can be forgiven by believing in Jesus and placing your faith in him. So if you really do believe all your sins have been forgiven and eternal life has been given to you when you believe that. Not when you get to heaven, but your life starts today. Man, awesome. 
Back to chapter 8, we see that Jesus, the Jews asked Jesus who he was, and these guys were not getting it, were they? they resp- Jesus responded, I've been trying to tell you since the beginning who I am. And sure enough, again, that's what I pointed out in the beginning of the message, is that God's heart was to point out, even in the beginning of the Gospel of John, that he was God and he is God. So who are you, Jesus? I am God. That's what he would say. I am God. And so Jesus tells the Jews that when he is lifted up, when he is crucified, then they will truly know that he is God. And when he was crucified, you guys remember reading in your Bibles that the earth quaked, the skies turned dark, the, the, the veil in the temple was torn in two. They knew that he was God. Did they choose to believe it? That's between them and the Lord. But not only did the Jews know this, but the Gentiles as well knew that he was God when he was lifted up. Matthew writes, So when the centurion and those with him who who guarded Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that happened, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. Jesus concludes, you guys, the thought to the people by saying, going back to his witness of his Father, giving witness of him, he says, I do nothing of myself, but I do what my Father wants and what pleases him. What a beautiful statement by Christ. What a heart that should be like for us, that we want to please our Father in heaven in everything that we do. Because this is very encouraging to me. Because as Jesus said this, he says in verse 29, the Father has not left me alone. Man, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for never leaving us. Amen? Because the Bible says, God, Jesus, will never leave you nor forsake you. Understanding this goodness, you will want to live a life that pleases him. Understanding that God is never going to leave you nor forsake you, that should stir your heart, that should stir your your desires and your passions. Knowing that there is a God in heaven who has forgiven you, that should drive you to live a life that honors his name and to honor him. So what is the conclusion of today? Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is God And those who follow him shall not walk in darkness, nor approve of darkness, but they should have the light of life. Therefore, we need to walk in the light. Don't lie and say that you believe and walk in darkness. Believe and be forgiven, right? Verse 24, believe, believe that he is, he is him, that he is the great I am. Man, believe that. Therefore, continuing to share and let your light so shine. Guys, man is going to change. Culture is changing. Everything around us seems like it's getting darker and darker. But here's the reality. The mission of Christ has not changed. We need to continue to go forth. Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. The same promise that Jesus said that his Father was with him always, Jesus says to you because he is God, I am with you always, even to the end of age. Therefore, however dark it becomes, the light needs to be shined. The light needs to be shined. And the world we live in desperately needs light. John 3.16, one of the most recognized verses in the Bible, reminds us that by believing in Jesus, God's only Son, we are set free from our sins and have gained eternity in heaven. 
God's love for us, His creation, caused Him to allow all the sin of the earth to be placed on the shoulders of His Son. Jesus then took the punishment for those sins, dying a painful death, just so that we wouldn't be separated from Him. Our prayer is that as Pastor Eric continues teaching through the book of John, you will grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus. If you've been touched by this series or you'd like to know more about Jesus, please give us a call at 520-723-7047. We'd love to share the freedom you can have with a personal relationship with Jesus. That number again is 520-723-7047. You can also connect with us by visiting our website at gracetothehearers.com where you'll also discover more about this ministry and find resources to enhance your study of God's Word. If, like many, social media is part of your everyday life, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We also have a YouTube channel where you'll find many videos of past messages from Pastor Eric's verse-by-verse study of the Bible. Find all this and more at our website, gracetothehearers.com. With that, our time has come to a close today. Pastor Eric will return soon with his continuing verse-by-verse study in the book of John right here on Grace to the Hearers.